Hello and welcome to the podcast. You're listening to Be Uncluttered. I'm Rebecca Mazzino and with me is Tara Tuttle and together we are going to help you on your journey to a life free of clutter. Hi and welcome to this week's show. This week we're going to be talking about 10 small or simple changes that you can make that have a big impact on your space. So we're talking about decluttering no-brainers, setting up little systems, and we're going to give you 10 things you can work on that can really change the way your house looks and feels and functions and makes you feel a little more uncluttered. Yeah, these are things that we've identified as, you know, the, the, the small effort for big impact kind of changes. So things that really affect your day-to-day living, not your overall or once every few months kind of thing. It's not, you know, nice storage for your Christmas ornaments. It's stuff that's going to be um, every single day uh, This making these changes will have a positive impact. So yeah, we wanted to give you something practical um, now that we're nearing the end of the podcast. We thought a practical one might be something that would be, be helpful for you. Yeah, and because we've got – we wanted to do 10 key things, but – um, we can't go into a huge amount of detail, else the way Beck and I chat will be here all day. <laughs> um, so a lot of the things that we're going to mention, there are more detail in specific episodes that we've done previously. So where that's applicable, I'll list in the show notes which episode um, you might be able to go to and look up to find more detail. Um, so head to the show notes um, and, and you can find out more there if you want to. Yeah, for sure. Or you could also go the lazier option and ask in our community group and people who have listened to that episode will be able to give you more detail or hints or tell you if you're on the right track or whatever as well. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's get started. So number one, and I love this, if there was only one that we could list, this would be it for me, which is having Mm. a home for your getting out the door stuff. So like your car keys, your handbag, your sunglasses, your phone, um, all that stuff that you grab on the way out and you generally the stuff you walk in and dump somewhere on the way in. If you have like a little home or a little, I don't know, what would you call it, like a zone or a... Yeah, some of the the organiser people call it, I love to say that like I'm not one of them, Um, Call it like a launch pad or, yeah, yeah. Um, or something like that. So, yeah, it's it's one of those places. And if they're all together, that's good. But if they, even if they're not, as long as you've, you're consistent in where they are, that's the main thing. As long as you know where to find your keys as you're leaving the house instead of having to run around and look for it. So if you think about all the things that you um, – struggle to find when it's time to leave the house those are the things that you need to designate homes for um, so you know Tara's already mentioned the most important ones you know that have come to our mind but there might be other things that you know that, that you always you know forget as well so uh, glasses I I have my driving glasses and I always act, often accidentally wear them back in the house again and I don't need them in the house and um, but I just forget to take them off and so I've got a spot where if I realize I've got them I put them and it's next to my keys so that when I'm leaving I can grab my glasses and my keys and I don't then drive around unsafely because mm-hmm. <laughs> I've left my glasses at home yeah I even have um things like so in this house it's my keys are kept 
on um, kind of the top of like a dresser type thing. And then in the top drawer where I have a little box with sunglasses in there, but I even have umbrellas in there as well because it's mm. that thing of when I'm leaving, if I glance outside and go, oh, I might need an umbrella today. I'm, depending which car I'm taking, there may or may not be one in the car or maybe sometimes I'm just walking. So I'd grab my keys and then go. But the fact that the, I've got a couple of umbrellas in that kind of launch zone mm. as well or that's kind of getting out the house station, um, it means everything is there and really easy to grab and go if I need it instead of yeah. you know having to get back into the house and go and search and find an umbrella uh, whatever yeah. it is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So just give everything a home. Sit down, write a list. What are the main things? And then assign all of them a home and try to develop the habit of putting them in that home because uh, that's probably the hardest part of this job. And if you've got school-age kids, it's worth creating a similar thing for them as well if you find getting out the door in the morning kind of challenging, which most of us do, with li- especially <laughs> yeah. little ones. So, you know, school bags... Um, maybe the spot that their lunch boxes go once they're packed, uh, their shoes, if they have to have a hat for school, whatever it is, if you can set their own little station up with all those things so that when it's time to go, they can go there, grab their shoes, hat, bag, whatever they need and head out the door. It just makes that whole process so much more enjoyable yeah. and less stressy. Yep, for sure. So the second one that we've got here is to keep your kitchen bench tops clear. So clear them and then try and keep them clear or at least clear them regularly because there is something about having a cluttered kitchen bench that has this weird negative flow on effect to the rest of your day. And if you've got stuff on your kitchen counter, it's harder for you to make meals and you know function correctly and clean properly and all that kind of stuff so having the habit of nothing or not nothing I've never got nothing on my counter well I have for about three minutes every Saturday but you know (laughs) of having your counters generally clear or easy to clear that makes a massive difference in your day yeah and it it doesn't even have to be the whole counter like you said it could could be that you make you know you make concerted effort to keep the the cooking prep area free of clutter mm. so that you you know that come dinner time you've got a designated area that you can get all your veggies out and start chopping without having to move paperwork and bills and mm. kids science projects and you know that that gift that you've got to return whatever it is like keep it keep a clear area so that you can function without having to move things because part part of the problem comes when you have all that clutter on the kitchen counter and then you need to use it for something so you are wrapping a present or you are making dinner or whatever it is you shove all those things in one spot or push them to the end or put them on the kitchen table or whatever it is and then that's when the the mess starts and that's when it makes it harder to declutter then because it's all jumbled Mm. so then it takes a lot more effort to yeah, and it's overwhelming. Yeah, yeah, rehome stuff because it's not like it's just a pipe, you know, a pile of paperwork. It's a pile of all sorts, and then you have to sit down and go through it. So, yeah, making an effort to keep that clear, I think that has a huge impact. Yeah. Right. Number three is drawer dividers for your junk drawer, 
And we did a whole episode on our junk drawers and there was some really good posts in the Facebook community about this too. But if, Mm. like, I am still an advocate for the junk drawer. I feel like there's a lot of little things that don't have an obvious home that the junk drawer is the perfect place to keep. But I think being able to see what is in there and having their own zones, especially because a lot of the stuff that goes in the junk drawer doesn't necessarily relate to each other. So having those dividers and separators or little boxes in there so that you can see everything and get to it easily, I think that Mm. makes life a bit easier. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of the junk drawer. It's really handy to be able to just shove something somewhere in a hurry. Like when you're doing the kitchen countertop clear, you know, if you need that done in a hurry, you might have a few items that possibly live upstairs or live somewhere else, uh, or they're just little and don't have a home. Uh, Having a junk drawer is really convenient. But at the same time, if you want to use that junk drawer to retrieve things, then it's much better if there's a little bit of uh, a little bit of a system or a little bit of clarity around you know finding things because you know if you think about a junk drawer without dividers in it everything's all jumbled together and you've got all the little things in the bottom layer and they're all sort of covered by all the larger things that, that are across the top uh, and if you have dividers you can have little sections for little things and big sections for big things and it just makes it so much easier to find that tiny little you know usb flash drive uh, or that you know the the little the little pin that you get to open the sim section of yes. your phone yes yeah little things like that um and you know an allen key or, or a, a tiny little screwdriver to do your sunglasses tighten your sunglasses those things are much easier to find if you've got a couple of spots that are just for small things and you're not kind of sifting through bottle openers and big stuff in order to find them. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Right, number four. I like this one. This one is about getting rid of no-brainers. So there are some things that take well, can take, and we shouldn't assume because it's going to be, it'll be hard for some, but can take very little thought in order to declutter. Some things that are really easy. And the reason why they haven't been decluttered is simply because you just haven't got around to it or because you haven't thought hard about it or been intentional about it. So I call them no-brainers and they're things that should be, should, and I'm not going to assume, but should be fairly easy for you to declutter. Yeah, because there, I mean, there are things like sentimental clutter or aspirational clutter that we've talked about that take a bit of kind of soul searching and genuinely mm. difficult decision making processes. You know, there's there some things are really hard to separate or to decide what to do with, but there's these few things, um, the no brainers that should be um, a lot easier uh, or a lot simpler for you to make that decision. And so um, one of them is broken things. So if you have broken things, especially if it's been broken for a while, so there's no um, intention to fix it, or maybe you intended to fix it, but it stayed broken for six months, in which case <laughs> you're not going to fix it. Um, yeah. um, broken it requires things... so many steps to fix it that you know that you're not going to do it. Yeah. So broken things are one of those objects or items that's really easy to get rid of because it's a clear rule, isn't it? It's like it's not working. Like it can't way. function the way it is and you haven't put the effort in to fix it. So we'll let it go. Yep. Uh, expired stuff is another good no-brainer. So foods and um, beauty products. Uh, what else expire? Batteries. Mm-hmm. Um, 
those kinds of things if they've got an expiry date that's really good because it's like a nice rule that you can apply that you don't have to think too hard about stuff you didn't know you had so when you you know it quite often happens when you're looking for something and you find something else and you're like oh i didn't know i had that that's a really unless it's something that you were looking for at one point and gave up on um if you didn't know you had it then it obviously doesn't mean that much to you or possibly mm. doesn't mean that much to you um and you can probably let it go without too much guilt or worry because if you didn't know you had it then you're probably not going to miss it no, you were fine without it until you came across it. Mm. Uh, so it's probably something. But yeah, I have quite, that happens with clients quite a lot. They're like, I have no idea what this is. I Actually, that's another thing on this list is things you don't know what they are. <laughs> but yeah, I have no idea what this is. I have no idea how it came into my house. I don't know what I would use it for. So those ones are nice, nice no-brainers. They're, they're relatively easy to say, okay, well, it can go. Yeah, another one is things that belong to someone else. So that's really easy because if they don't belong to you, they're easy to get out of your house. And maybe once you get them out of your house and into your car, it becomes a bit harder because then you have to go and drop them off to people. (laughs) Um, Or maybe it's a process of calling and texting all the people that have things uh, at your house and getting them to come around and pick them all up. But when you have stuff that doesn't belong to you, um, that's that's a really easy way to get rid of stuff. You know, it's not yours. Let it go. Yeah. Give them a deadline. And if they don't pick it up, then <laughs> tell them you're going to yeah, donate yeah. it. Exactly. Give them a deadline. Give them notice. And there's actually laws that protect you um, really? with regards to this. Yeah. So I'm only familiar with My States Act, but there's an Unclaimed Goods Act. Um, so if you're in South Australia, it's, it's I don't know, 985 the act is, I think. But you can just Google it and download it. It's great. But if you check your... Um, countries or your state's laws with regards to unclaimed goods then there are you you can it reduces your worry because I have lots of clients who say oh this was you know this was a friend came and lived with me for six months and now he's moved to England and I can't find him and if I'm like oh how long ago was that now eight years I know then that legally they are allowed to dispose of those belongings um, without that person knowing or saying saying yes. So if you know the laws, then you can relax a little bit about disposing of somebody else's stuff um, who they've dumped it on you or um, they've left it there and you've asked them before to remove it and they haven't, then you actually have the right to, to do that yourself. So, well, you should have the right to do that yourself, check with your local laws but um in south australia yeah we can we can just ditch other people's stuff after a certain amount of time cool well that's good Mm. good to know because yeah a lot of people hold on to stuff oh does it work if you're the parent and they're your kid (laughs) (laughs) i'm glad my parents didn't know about that law (laughs) pretty sure it does if they've asked you yeah and that's another thing as well parents with adult kids you've actually got the law behind you on this one you know you can actually say to them i am going to throw it out and i'm allowed to yeah (laughs) Um, if, if you don't come and get it after a certain amount of time of me asking you to i am allowed to throw it out or sell it and keep the funds for it (gasps) yes that'd be good motivator yeah Mm. absolutely um and the last no-brainer that we came up with is duplicates or triplicates if you have doubles or triples of items in your house um you're not going to need them one is enough um keeping a Mm. spare of everything soon adds up to a lot of additional stuff so you know maybe you can rehome those duplicates see if you know, you can give them to a charity or something like that. 
otherwise let them go in some other way um, that feels good for you so that you don't have have all the spares hanging around yeah we have this habit of hanging on to things um, so we've, we've got two habits that mainly cause duplicates and triplicates one is losing something and then buying another one of it and then having a couple of duplicates in the house um, and all the other one actually there's a few another one is buying duplicates in order to stock up for emergencies and another one is keeping the old things that we used to um, use and we have replaced um, but we're keeping the other one as a spare so you know you get a new iron because the other one's spitting ugly colored stuff on your clothes but you keep the one that's spitting just in case the other one mm-hmm. breaks so those kinds of things are another thing that we that we do so number five put a rubbish bag dusting cloth and car cleaning wipes in your car now i'm going to defer to you for this beck because i don't do this but i think i might have to now that you've suggested it <laughs> I I love doing this. It's it's kept my car a lot cleaner because I'm me. I am I tend to treat my car a little bit like a dumping ground, uh, and I tend to just sort of drop rubbish. Even your new anywhere. car. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's not so new anymore. I've got a I've got a higher car at the moment actually, um, because my car's getting fixed because someone ran up the back of me. Oh. I ran up the back of someone a month ago and then three weeks after that, just before it was due to go in, someone ran up the back of me. So it was great. I got a hire car when I wasn't like oh. previously entitled to one. So it worked out well. Um, but I've – and this is actually the one of the reasons why I added this to the list was because I was thinking about it recently with the hire car as well. And what I've done with the hire car is I've got a basket – um, that we were doing decluttering and this basket kind of turned up and I went, oh, I'm going to put that in the hire car on the front seat and I'm going to dump all my stuff in it so that when I switch cars, I just have to pick up this basket. I don't have to go like embarrassingly scrounging around the car <laughs> to find all the stuff that I've dropped in all these different places. And so I put a basket on the front seat and I've just been, it's been really handy because I've got my masks in there and my my glasses and my cable, like phone cable and things like that and uh, I was actually thinking I might keep it when I you know switched back to my my car as well but having somewhere to stash all of the stuff has been really handy and having a having a roll of rubbish bags in my car it has kept me able to keep my car cleaner easily because even though like some people say they have a rubbish bin or a bag ready to go in the car and they stick stuff in it I don't do that I shove things down the side in the side pocket and in the um in the cup holders and throw it on the floor down in the you know passenger seat. So I kind of just do that as I'm driving or as I'm in the car. But having those the bags in the car mean that I can get out of the car, I can look at the car and go, oh my God, look at all this rubbish. I can get out of the car, grab the bags, run around the other side, fill the bag up, you know, and then throw it in the bin as I'm walking in the house. So it's something I can quickly do as I'm getting out of the car when I get home. Um, and the dusting cloth and the car cleaning wipes I've found really good too because sometimes when I'm sitting at the lights and I notice it's dusty, I can just reach over to the glove compartment, pull out my dusting cloth and give the dash a dust and it makes me feel better. <laughs> and then also having the car cleaning wipes, they also get you know get it even cleaner as well. Mm. So um, I, I like having them at you know at within arm's reach in the car and weird pe- you know people can see this weird lady cleaning her dash <laughs> at the lights. <laughs> Yeah, see, I would put a bin in my car when we go on holiday, like a driving holiday. Mm. But otherwise, I normally just 
I'll do a cursory sweep of like the front area when like every time I get out when I get home but I mainly take a good look and look in the back where the kids have been and whatever when I bring my groceries home I think it's because I'm taking a lot of bags in from the car anyway I will usually check and if the kids Mm. have left like a drink bottle or some wrappers from something or I don't know whatever a novel or something like Shoes, that yeah anything in the back the younger they are the more <laughs> yeah the more stuff they the have the more stuff it'll um, be I will put it in because I'm taking grocery bags in anyway I will put it in those bags and take it in but um and at the moment one of my daughters her one of her weekly chores is to uh, either dust or vacuum the car out so I don't think about cleaning the inside of the car because she mm. does it but that won't last forever so I definitely think this <laughs> this will work and I guess the more time you spend in your car the more handy that kind of tip is yeah I, I drive a mm. lot so number six is keeping cleaning products in the bathroom and Beck, this must have been yours because I don't do this either. So you can convince me why this will have a big impact on my life. Well, I think it works for ADHDs. I think that's mm-hmm. it's it's a tip for people who um, forget to clean the bathroom or are overwhelmed by the the task of cleaning the bathroom because it has these steps of going to get the products and um, getting the stuff and then taking it into the bathroom and all of that. So with with me and I think it's 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 the ADHD I think but if it's quick and easy I'm far more likely to do it Uh, I don't I do have a routine where I'm meant to clean the bathroom every week but I also ignore that routine frequently as well and so it might get to a point and it did this this week where I looked at and went oh like I haven't cleaned the bathroom properly you know for a couple of weeks and so it needed you know me to go over the top of the vanity and you know cleaning in the shower and and so in the shower I have permanently one of those um dish washing sponge things that holds soap oh, in it yes it's got like the soap yeah and so I've got a little bit of um dishwashing soap in that and then it's got the sponge head and it's got like a scoury sort of thing on the sponge head and I just use that to clean the inside of the shower and so I can do that anytime I want I don't have to do it like if I'm in the shower and I look and go oh it needs clean I can just quickly do it or I can just do one wall of mm-hmm. the shower or just the bottom of it or something like that and that breaking it down like that and having it easily accessible and able to do on a whim is really helpful for ADHDs and I've also got a grout brush Um, That doesn't live in the shower. Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. Um, But if I feel like it, I put it away in the drawer, but it does live in the bathroom. So again, I've got like grout brush that I can use to to scrub the grout whenever I feel like it as well. I take it with me into the shower and just give it a quick scrub. Mm -hmm. So that's sort of something. um, And then I've got some wipes in the drawer so that I can wipe over the vanity top if it gets dusty or grimy without having to do too much work. And there's a cloth in there as well. So it's just taking out those additional steps that are just barriers to you starting I guess yeah yeah and things that enable me to do it little bit by little bit if I feel like it you know if I feel like wiping over the top of the vanity without cleaning the whole bathroom I don't have to pull out all the stuff Mm -hmm. I can just grab a wipe or grab a cloth and give it a, a wipe over and then that's one little job done while you know I'm waiting for my moisturizer to soak in or whatever it is that I'm doing yeah um, it's a quick, I can do a quick little job. Yeah, I like that. I think I can see why that would have have an impact on 
like not just the ability to clean, but the frequency if it's all there. Um, mm. Yeah, and because I, I have all my cleaning stuff in like one of those little uh, trug things. Is that what they're called? Uh, a caddy. Yeah, like a caddy. So it, I have to go and get that out of the laundry and move it around. Mm. I have that too, and that didn't work. Mm. <laughs> I thought it would make it easier, but it didn't. So, Another thing that can work quite well to make life easier is to have an overflow area or two in your house so that your day-to-day areas of access aren't too overloaded. So what I mean is things like having, if you've got a massive big sack of flour rather than keeping that in the pantry you would keep it in an overflow area and then you would keep a small um, small pack of that flour or a small container of the flour in your main go-to area in the house Um, or if you have if you got a two-for-one special on your moisturizer you would keep one where uh, in the bathroom or wherever you do your daily skincare routine and then you would put the other one in an overflow so that your the the areas that you are constantly in and reaching for all the time are not too full i've got a few friends that refer to this as the costco cupboard so i think (laughs) yeah um people that shop at costco so you know you don't buy one tin of tomatoes you buy the is it do they come in it's 12 isn't it like a 12 pack or like a tray yeah Yeah. um and you know so you're not going to necessarily put 12 tins of tomatoes and 12 tins of corn or what you know whatever you're buying all the jumbo and all the extras all in your pantry unless you have a humongous pantry Mm. um so quite often people i know that have what they call the Costco cupboard is where it's like their little home shop where all the mm. spares go and then they put one or two of the items in their pantry that they reach for every day um, so that you can see everything that's in there. I I definitely do this with toilet paper because um, mm. I will buy, I buy who gives a crap. So I get the, you know, the box of 60 yes, rolls or yeah. whatever <laughs> toilet paper it is. In fact, they even sent out an email this last month with, suggestions on how you could consider storing the spares and there was like you know build them up around the toilet against the wall yeah my friend my friend Ashley does that and builds them up around the toilet which is it looks great um yeah and so that's one thing that I definitely have an overflow area for because I don't want you know I'll have like a little basket in my bathroom um, where there's a couple of spares but there's not room for 60 <laughs> rolls there mm. so um, they all go in the overflow cupboard and then when I need to stock up on toilet paper I will go to the overflow cupboard first and then if that's getting low then I would go and order online or whatever but um, yeah I think those overflow areas are really good as long as you use them properly and you shop there first before you go and buy anything yeah. else. Yeah and that took that was a habit that took me a while to get into because I would find that I would forget to look in the overflow cupboard and I would write up my shopping list and then I would come home and go to put things away into the overflow cupboard and find they already have four of them (laughs) in there. So it took me a while. Once I created that overflow cupboard, it took me a while to remember to look in it before shopping. Mm. Uh, I would look in it when I was looking for food. Like if, you know, I open the cupboard and there's uh, there's no tins of tomatoes, I would go straight to the overflow cupboard to see what was there. But I just was missing that other step for a while. But I've gotten much better at that now and um, I'm generally quite aware of what's what's in there when I go to do the groceries so I don't need to quite 
need to actually accidentally bring home um, duplicates. Yeah. And, you know, there's ways around that where you can um, keep an inventory on the outside or the inside of the cupboard or the door or wherever your storage area is or keep a list on your phone of what's in there. You just That's an extra step then that you have to yeah, update. Say, my brain says, ah, uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I'll just guess, thanks. Yeah. So, but I guess just keeping that is a great way to be able to, especially at the moment when everything is so expensive, if you can get a discount by buying in bulk, that's great. Mm. Um, But you don't want the bulk, like all the bulk in your bathroom cupboards, in your pantry, you know, wherever else it is that you you buy things in bulk. So if you can create that space, um, can make your day-to-day a whole lot easier. For sure. So... Number eight is to have a to-be-donated box or bag in your house or in your car. So I'm not in active decluttering mode, but I still have a bag in, for us it's in um, a cupboard inside the garage uh, where anything, if the kids come to me and say, this t-shirt's too small or Uh, these shoes are pinching my toes because they're too small or whatever it is or I don't like this widget that's in my room anymore Um, there is a place to put it there is still a bag where things go and um, and they are to be donated now some people keep those bags or boxes in their car especially if you're in more active decluttering mode because then that's one step closer to getting it out of your house and next time you're driving Mm. past a charity store or whatever you can it's already there you can let it go nice and easily but I think having one on the go um, either a box or a bag or even a zone if it's not you know an actual um, object that you can put things in even if it's a zone if it's a chair in your house and anything that gets put on that chair is considered uh, going to charity or you know being let go of um, and everyone is aware of that, then that can be really useful. And I feel like it um, it makes the whole, it, make, it streamlines the process of getting things out of the house because you're not making the decision and then putting it somewhere and forgetting about it and then finding mm. it at some point and having to remake having to that make decision. The decision again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, exactly. Or try and remember what, what, what it was you were doing with it or accidentally, you know, tossing out something of somebody else's because you think they've put it out for donate but they haven't because they've put it in a different spot or whatever to what they think it is so you're having that one spot or that one container is really handy and it means that you can do that on the go maintenance decluttering you know you open a cupboard or you open your wardrobe to put in a new top that you bought and you're pulling out another old one that you're replacing because you're doing one in one out having somewhere to put that top immediately is really helpful and it just keeps it from accidentally building up in your wardrobe of like oh yeah I'll I'll grab that later or I'll get it when I've got a whole bag full no just take it out put it in the spot and and then your spaces that you're using every day are are maintained nicely yeah and look today um, my husband just finished a book and I have been working my way through books and I've converted to an e-reader so the books have been marching out of my house and I've not had any coming back in, which has been really good. Um, but as I've finished the um, hard copy books that I've had, I've been taking them and putting them in the donate pile. And um, I'm I'm done now with all the books that I had on my shelf. I've finished them all and they were all sitting out there. My husband finished his and gave it to me and I'm like, okay, there's a whole, there's a big bag of books here now. Um, it's 
and I don't I can't see there being any more being added to it anytime soon so that was impetus for me then today I grabbed that bag and went down to the charity shop and dropped them all off and it was great because they were you know there's probably six months worth of of books there that have all just been gradually Mm -hmm. building up over time but it's kind of the decisions were made they'll put out of the way out of sight um and then today I just took them all down and um it makes today's job was small Yeah, yeah it was just about moving them um, rather than sitting in front of my bookshelf going, okay, did I read that one? Oh, I can't remember. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Where is yep. that Where is that space in your house, Beck? Oh, in our entryway, we've yep. got, I've got a an old-fashioned uh, telephone table. You know, oh, those, yes, actually, I do remember you telling us this in one of the episodes. Yeah, and that's where we dump it. And I also acquired another little stool recently. <laughs> I didn't need it, but it's vintage and it's 60s and so I had to have it. And that one, I couldn't find anywhere in the, else in the house to put that little stool, but I was determined to keep it. So that's sitting next to the telephone table and now that's collecting stuff as well. <laughs> so um, it's sort of just, yeah, things just get put on there and then, you know, piled up on the floor around it if we let it get too much. But um, it's quite clear at the moment. We haven't been doing much decluttering. There's, I think there's about two things on the telephone table sitting there at the moment. Hmm. But if someone comes in or I actually care that it's getting built up, I'll throw it in a bag and stick it in the car. Yeah. So we've had a bit of discussion in the Facebook community recently about um, knowing which clothes are being worn or which are not. Well, actually, one of the ladies popped in there um, – that she did the clothes hangers forwards and backwards. And we've talked about that before. For those of you that haven't heard it, um, if you want to keep track of the clothes that you've got in your, or the clothes that you're wearing, I guess, hang all of your clothes in your wardrobe um, with the hangers in one direction. And then as you wear those clothes and you wash them, and you iron them or whatever and you put them back in, put them with the hangers facing the other direction so that you can see at a glance what you've worn and what you haven't. And then, you know, set a time period. Maybe it's the end of the season. Maybe it's 12 months. Maybe it's two years. If there are things that the hangers are still facing that original direction, indicating that they haven't been worn in that time, then maybe they're the items you consider decluttering. This lady was saying that she does that with her hangers but is was trying to figure out a different system for shoes because she wasn't quite sure mm. um, how to do it with shoes. So I think she was saying that she was going to put all the shoes in a box in her closet and then um, as she thinks she needs to wear them or wants to get some out to wear them, she'll get them out, wear them, and then put them back on the shelf. And so the, the shoes mm. basically have to earn their, their place on the shelves <laughs> in her house. And if after a period of time she finds there's still shoes in the box that she's not reached for or wanted, then she might donate them. But I think um, if that's an area that you feel like you want to focus on, those little hacks of the backwards clothes hangers or even um, dividers, and this is something that I've done before, and I found this more effective for me personally than the remembering to change the hangers, is I just had a um, little divider in the middle of my wardrobe. It was just a ribbon that hung um, around the bar, and then once I wore something, I just put it on the other side of the ribbon. So, um, Mm -hmm. and gradually, uh, you know, the ribbon starts at one side of the, uh, shelf or the 
hanging space and as I wear things put it on the other space and gradually the ribbon moves along because there becomes more and more things that you have worn Mm. and then when I'm deciding what to wear I can look and think I should try and wear those things that I haven't worn Mm. recently but if I find myself going past them and always reaching for the things that I have already worn it indicates to me that there are things there that I probably don't need or use or love very much because I keep going past them so Mm. I think those little hacks if that's something you're struggling with having a lot of clothes or shoes um, and not being aware of what you're really wearing um, some of those tricks that are pretty quick Mm. to implement can have a have a big impact yeah and you could apply that to jewelry and accessories Mm -hmm. as well yeah you you could have if you've got um let's say you've got a jewelry hanger you could put put everything on one side and then as you wear them move them to the other side um, so you have that same kind of visual reminder of what you're wearing and what you're not um, so scarves belts all that kind of stuff uh, as well caps and hats and all sorts of bits and pieces you can do that with I am um, I'm a bit scared uh, moving back to Australia because I think I brought not even half of like my you know, jewellery, in terms of jewellery, not my good jewellery, but like the costume um, mm. jewellery and the chunky necklaces. I left a lot of scarves at home and things like that. And then it's like, oh, I haven't, I couldn't even tell you now what's there. And it's mm-hmm. like, oh, it be, by the time we get home, it will have been two years and I won't have worn any of this stuff. And it's like, do I unpack it or do I just donate it all? I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do, but um, definitely gives me something to think about in the, in the short term. Yeah, actually, you've got you have got a you've got that coming up where you're going to be unpacking stuff that you have that you've already kind of half replaced while you were in America. Like you've bought clothes, mm-hmm. so you're gonna to have to do some decluttering, maybe. Yeah, I think I'll do I'll do a dear diary on the in the Facebook community. I think when I get home, mm. <laughs> I'll share I'll share my struggles. I need I need the support <laughs> group to get me through that. I think. I also want one of those photos of you at 1am in your half unpacked kitchen or half packed kitchen. Yeah. I really want to see, the, I really want a visual of what it looks like when your whole house is unpacked and nothing's put away. Yep. All you right. have to share that Deal. with us. I'm I really, I really I want to see that. that. <laughs> I really want to see it because I've never seen it. We don't do that like that way, you know, when we, when we unpack for clients, we don't do it that way. So I'd love to see mm. it. Yep. I'll show you. I'll now, show now you you're my, scared, aren't you? My nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> right, so we are up to number 10, last one. All right, so this one is a digital one and this is something that you can do today and tomorrow and every single day. You can choose um, one junk or advertising email or subscription from JJ's or Coles or wherever you get you know emails from and unsubscribe and honestly I always think oh it takes so long but it so doesn't I only did this about five minutes before we started chatting actually because (laughs) there was it was one of those things that I went on to buy one thing from once but it was free shipping if I gave my email address (laughs) and then I've I've bought something from them two years ago and have got emails for the last two years have never gone back and bought another thing but get a weekly email and it's like I always think oh it's just quicker to delete Mm. and tonight I was like and we do that don't we we delete over and over and over and over (sighs) again yeah 
um, thinking, oh, I'll just, I'll, I'll unsubscribe one day. I haven't got time right now. Yeah. And we just do the bulk delete, but yeah. And then, and I get it, some of them, you know, you have to really go searching for where the unsubscribe is right at the bottom. And sometimes it's not even like it's in the tiniest little font and whatever. But this one I like went down. There's a big green button there, unsubscribe from emails. I'm like, oh, seriously, two years of my life I've been deleting an email a week (laughs) without reading them. I could just scroll down unsubscribe less than five seconds done like man i'm crazy crazy i haven't been doing that yeah but we all we all do that though we all just delete when we we could unsubscribe yeah Mm. for sure so yeah that's one of those things and if you you know maybe you do one a week like it doesn't even have to be every day or one Mm. every time you log on whatever it is Mm. yeah or yeah as they come in um it won't take you long. Your inbox will be so much cleaner and have way less junk in it because you're just taking those extra few seconds to unsubscribe. So that has a huge mm. impact and it's really not that much effort at all. No. And it has a short-term impact in that it reduces the amount of emails coming in. But it also has a longer-term impact as well because if you're not getting advertising emails, you're probably buying less stuff, which means you're bringing less stuff into the house. So you've got some positive long-term effects there of Mm. saving money and reducing clutter as well yeah so there you go that's our 10 tips uh small changes that have big impact on your space yeah so have a go at a couple of these or all of them or one of them or whatever you want to do but uh it's something that you can take some (laughs) divisive (laughs) decisive action on straight away uh, it's something that you can do immediately. So we encourage you to do that. And also we welcome you to share your progress or share your story uh, with us in our Facebook community group. And we will see you here again for our very last episode. Mm. We will see you here next week. Thanks for joining us. We'd love it if you'd leave a review or tell all your friends about us so they too can be uncluttered. If you'd like to connect with us, you can find us at beuncluttered.com.au or on social media or on our own websites at rebeccamazino.com.au and basklifecoaching.com.